0: Yo yo yo, Pigmented Pam, what's what, what? good? <laughs> Welcome back to the Pigmented Podcast, y'all. Today we had an amazing yet challenging conversation with the mother of one of our really good friends, Grace. Grace shared some of her wisdom and experiences as a Korean Canadian woman in North America and a bit about her journey with racism and learning how to forgive. Now our conversation touched on current issues surrounding the AAPI community. And just as a quick disclaimer, there was some derogatory language that was mentioned in this episode and speaking on a personal experience with racism. So we apologize if this is emotionally triggering or burdensome in any way for anyone. But with that being said, we believe that this is a conversation that has to be had. So, we stand with our brothers and sisters from the Asian community. Now, on with the episode. Alrighty, what's up, Pigmented Family? How y'all doing? (laughs) Today, we are joined with a very, very special guest. Like, I'm so honored to be joined by our friend Grace. Um, she's one of my best friend's moms actually, and she's amazing. (laughs) But yeah, Grace, why don't you tell everyone a bit about yourself?
1: So hi everyone. Um, Kim, Emily, thanks so much for um, asking me to join this podcast. Uh Um, yep. So, you know, I'm a mom first and, um, I'm currently working for, uh, an electronics company here in, in Mississauga Mm -hmm. and, um, working in the finance division, but my passion really is on, you know, with people and especially mm-hmm. with women. So, you know, I'm, I've am i got two teams that I'm managing slash coaching. So I really feel like it's aligned with, you know, who I am and where God's placed me in this season. But, you know, I have a heart for the millennials. I have a heart for, um, you know, my home country, which is in Korea. My mm-hmm. roots are North Korean.
0: I'd love if you could speak even on some, some of your experiences when it comes to maybe racism that you've experienced as well, because I mean, our platform is pretty big on talking about those issues. And there's a lot of stuff that's going on right now with the AAPI community, right? Um, so yeah, we'd love to hear about what you have to say, because these things like these hate crimes and like racism against this community is not just started this Mm -hmm. year or last year when COVID happened, of Mm -hmm. course. So we'd love to talk Mm -hmm. about that. Sure. So, I mean, if
1: I'll give you some background, Um, my parents immigrated to North America back in 1960. And it was, you know, you know, a number of years after the Korean War and they came with absolutely nothing but a big dream, a big pipe dream of they want to settle here, good opportunities. And they're really the first Asian Asians to come here first Koreans. And so when my parents came, they actually landed in Michigan. And then my dad went to university there, U of M and he studied dentistry. And then my mom came, I believe, um, a, you know, a year after my dad immigrated here. And so they were there in Michigan, Ann Arbor, Michigan for a few years. And then they decided to, um, they decided to go to, uh, you know, they, they decided to immigrate to Canada and in mm-hmm. Toronto and back then, because, you know, the, with the, um, you know, with the political open door policy to immigrants, the, mm-hmm. it was the Trudeau government at that time. So mm-hmm. Justin Trudeau's father, he really embraced multiculturalism. And so as a result, that's why my parents came to Toronto. I mean, I always say, how come you didn't go to California or to UBC, or <laughs> like British Columbia? But, um, and then from there, my dad actually entered into University of Toronto. Wow. And he was there for a few years and he studied dentistry. So he graduated in 1967. So it, you got to remember, like back then you could think about it. There's a lot of stuff that happened, right? I mean, we're talking about, you know, with the Kennedy administration, um, you know, a lot of stuff um, historically in the U.S. And you've got, you know, in a, you know, I'm sure it trickled into um, in, in Canada. But back then, my dad and my mom, you know, it's the immigrant story they worked they worked long hours my mom worked and in all that you know they were able to establish a practice and be successful but mm-hmm. in all that if you read between the lines and i still and i think my parents are still somewhat impacted by it you know they experienced racism because there were no asian people at that time right mm-hmm. so you know there are accounts of my parents you know, sitting going on subways you know they're on the subway line or on the bus and just conversations that they would have, things like you know, why are you here? Do you speak English? So just wow. those yeah. types of um, that type of language that they encountered, and they really really felt, you know, their, you know, their ethnicity at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so then you know, I grew up, I was born in the late '60s and grew, and then went to public school in the '70s. And you know, Emily, when you're talking about in your poem. But the Barbie doll, the blonde haired, mm. blue eyed girl, like, yeah, totally.
2: Yeah. Um, that's
1: what I aspire to. And then I was right? thinking, up, yeah, like, yeah, um, you know, at how I really wanted to be blonde and blue eyed. And I remember in grade three, I remember in grade three, um, there was this girl, and her name, and it's funny how I remember, and I'm like 54, and I remember when I was in grade three right <laughs> there's a girl her name was Glenda Jackson and she got all the boys and she was <laughs> See? This right is
2: real life.
1: <laughs> it's real life and I remember I remember like this guy and this young this this boy and he loved her and I remember oh. I was so hurt by that and I oh. and I was like you know I felt so small so yeah. i'm here wow. feeling that racism and even and i'm sure i shared this with you too about you know every year is like the chinese new year but you know we're christians we didn't celebrate the lunar new year but my mm-hmm. my great teacher she in front of the whole class Said, "Hey, oh Grace, do you know what date it is today?" And I'm looking at her, and it's like, "No, oh, it's like Wednesday or something." Chinese <laughs> New Year, and she oh and she goes, God. "How can you forget that it's Chinese New Year?" Oh like she, in trouble for forgetting it. Oh so these assumptions that just because you're of uh, uh, you know just because I was Asian or Oriental at that back back at th- that time, well, we all celebrated Chinese New Year. We're all Chinese. Well, I wasn't Chinese. Nice. Um, So just things like that, really, that's the stuff that I grew up with, where Mm. even my husband, he, he was, you know, he came here when he was four, Mm. and he went into a new public school, and they automatically assumed that he couldn't speak English. So they put him in the ESL program.
2: Oh, wow. It's
1: in the 70s, right? So I really understand the the racism and the prejudices and the biases Mm. that, you know, the, the society at that time had. Right. Um, I don't think that my kids now experience so much because, you know, we have come a long way and where we grew up, it right. was very, very multicultural. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it was actually, you know, the, the white people that were of minority. Um, yeah. So they never they didn't I don't think they really experienced outright prejudice. However, mm. you know, I know that my husband and I and, you know, all of us, uh, you know, coming and, you know, going to school in the 70s, we did, there's a lot of bullying, there was a lot of like, mm. you know, like your eyes like this, can you see, oh, um, you know, go back home, making, you know, making up the, you know, the, the Chinese language and saying, Do you, am I saying something that you understand? Oh, so, gosh. totally, totally get that. And then oh, we just recently you. saw that movie. Gosh, um, I think it's called Minari, and there was a scene in there where yeah. the, the backdrop is a Korean family going into uh, moving into a small rural community, and so mm-hmm. they're the only Cor- they're the only Korean people, and they go to church, mm-hmm. and the young boy Albert Kim, I can't remember what the character he plays, but he's there, and he's like you know it's after service, and they have like the coffee tea time yeah and so you have um and then there's a little there's this like white kid who comes in and he goes to to, to Albert hey like why is your face so flat
0: oh, oh my goodness right so that's
1: the kind of culture that we grew up with it was very oh in your face. I remember even going yeah. to the school and um you know I was in grade six or and you know little kids of grade three would call me like hey Chank hey Chank like so oh offensive gosh. and you know a lot of bullying happened and especially so, you know, I, 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 totally get that. And I totally understand the prejudice and how hurtful it can be and the bullying. And then as a result of that, how you don't like who you are.
2: Yeah. Right. Literally. And the
1: impact of it, like, right. you know, God, why am I, why am I oriental? Why do I have black hair and brown eyes? Why don't yeah. I, why don't I have blonde hair and
2: blue eyes? So, and yeah. It's interesting because I also think about how a lot of people will say like, Oh, it's 2020. Oh, it's 2021. Like, This stuff is it's old news. But like, Mm. yeah, this stuff has been happening in nineteen seventies, it's happening in the eighties, nineties, two thousands. It's still happening today. Maybe it's just manifested itself in a different way. Or or maybe it's people have just gotten a little bit more creative about how they do this stuff, but it's still Mm -hmm. happening. Yeah totally. and what yeah.
0: you're saying is it's so true and and even you hear people who are like well stop being so woke or like don't be dramatic or whatever oh my gosh. you know you bring up these instances and it makes yeah. people mm-hmm. yeah don't be so mm-hmm. sensitive and it's like oh it's just a joke but like i i think mm-hmm. i i don't know if i mentioned this before in another episode but like
2: mm-hmm.
0: we have to watch our jokes because mm-hmm. behind every joke even if it's just like a little joke that you make towards someone it's like behind every joke there's like truth in it in order to make yes. someone laugh, like a little bit of truth in it, at least in order right, So, like, right. what part of that joke are you believing? Because that's still very, mm. like, very alarming. If you're using certain jokes that are super offensive to other people, right. and you're trying to make it sound funny, and, and you know, that is not the case. Like, I've seen mm-hmm. videos of like streamers online, for example, who are being harassed by people um you know and i've seen ones especially with uh, people in the aapi community people coming up to them and like pulling their eyes out or whatever and like like oh making God. like just i don't know just ha- literally harassing them in, in public yeah. and it's like yeah. people are watching you and then we yeah. have that whole bystander mm-hmm. effect where people will right. not say anything but mm-hmm. um i mean that being said recently i saw this uh i think it was a news news report or something but um i think it was in california yeah, there was a family who was being uh, harassed by kids in the neighborhood, and they were just coming and they were like knock on their doors at night, like super late at night, and like leave like you know very horrific like images and stuff like on their front porch or something like that. Um, what? Yeah. much time yeah. do they have on um, their hands? I know, but then it was interesting wow. to see the community gather around, and they said like yep. enough is enough, and it was like yep. fifty of their neighbors that decided to sit outside and take shifts like sitting outside of their house. I I was like, that is so, that is so beautiful. (laughs) You know, to see people do that kind of stuff. But that's what like, I don't know, allyship looks like. Yeah, 100%. And I mean, nobody's born with hate. Like nobody's born with like racism. And then you look at these hate crimes, for example. Like it's a learned process and it's 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 easily taught, you know.
2: Um, Mm -hmm.
0: It has a deep connection with fear. So I don't know if it's fear of... I don't know what kind of fear that might be connected know. to you. fear and ignorance. Yeah, fear and <laughs> ignorance. I totally agree. I agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think
1: in light of the recent, you know, the recent shooting, and I know that there's been other incidences in the last year, especially in the last year because of COVID. And mm-hmm. it doesn't help when you have um, the president of the United States saying that this is a disease from China, yep. which right. you know, when it when you hear that, and not so much I would say in the cosmopolitan areas of, of America, but more in the rural areas, which is, you know, you know, there's a lot of ignorance. I don't know if I should mm-hmm. say that, but there is a lot of backwardness and education, uneducated individuals, Right. Um, but you know, and then it, it, it's been more highlighted. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking about this, you know, today, and I've been really on social media and watching the news and I'm I'm realizing that because of the BLM movement and because of the Me Too movement, now we have a voice. I think nice. different cultures and genders have a voice, mm. and that now we cannot not ignore these types of crimes,
0: right, and that right. we have
1: to talk about it and we have to call people out.
0: Yeah.
1: Right. So, um, you know, with the with this the shootings that happened recently. Um, you know, it really angers me. And you know, when I when I read on what the officer said, who is educated? He has no. I'm sorry, he has no excuse to have said, "Oh well, it was just a bad day." Oh, you know what? It was the temptations and because of the oh massage parlors. So then I was, like, where is he going on this? Right? Yeah. And I really, and I I think I I listened to it several times. Yeah. And I was feeling I was so pissed off because one is, how can you excuse this man saying, oh, because of the temptations and he was having a bad day? Oh, yeah, I'm going to go and pop someone. Yeah, that's, right. you know, yeah. It, it is inexcusable. Wow. So that's the kind of ignorance that I was really that I, I, I feel like we are still facing today. And I was feeling, trying not to get discouraged because I thought, you know what, God, this is not going to stop. Like this mm-hmm. is one incident and it's going to continue yeah. on. So how do we, how do we mitigate this? How do we, yeah. how, do, how do I as an individual, how do I not get angry and yeah. fight back and blame and shame?
2: Mm-hmm. Because
1: that's what I wanted to do. Like I wanted, it's so funny. Like I'm being honest here. I wanted to phone up my white friends and I'd go, I want to go, I want <laughs> to <you> know, <laughs> <try> <laughs> and get their feedback. And if they said anything wrong, I would be like, well, you know what? Like, that's absolutely racist. Yeah. (laughs) you got to pull back. That's not how you need to approach this.
0: Right. So,
1: um, yeah, I'm really challenged by it right now. I really am.
0: Mm-hmm. I hear your heart in that too, and that even it's the it's the fact that he they were they were humanizing the shooter. And okay, I think it was it was one um news news interview or whatever something that was happening. They were talking about the sh- the shooter, and they were saying, oh yeah, like they 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 refuse really to label it or to suggest that it was uh, a race like a hate crime kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and they were saying, you know, this man's or something, he, he, it was the, uh, to the whole sexual addiction thing. But they also spoke, about, they spoke on a diabetes and that had that possibly cause. And I Yeah, it's I diabetes, Emily. <laughs> I'm like,
1: talk it's it like, is diabetes. Like, <laughs> I know, right? What diabetes, but they don't go no. and, put, and shoot people? I,
0: honestly, <laughs> I honestly can't even, I even get that out. Because I don't even know how to put words to that properly. What? Like, that's just and blaming them for his problems so i think you're right there's a lot of blame and shame that's going around and it, it and honestly like it makes you want to do the same thing like what you were yes. saying where you just mm-hmm. want to blame and shame and, and you just want to be mad at somebody and you want to get it mm-hmm. out in somebody like close to home kind of a thing because it's hard right. to process these emotions first of all um mm-hmm. let alone to have conversations about it but i think avoiding the conversation doesn't help it no. either so i think you're no. right that we need to talk about yeah because we see these happening from, we see it coming from a mile away. You know, you see the right. slurs and you see, you know, people being harassed in public, that 91-year-old man who was pushed to the ground, like um, a 92-year-old mm-hmm. man here in Canada that was pushed to the ground as well and attacked, and like things wow. like that that have happened. And I was back in March um, last yeah. year, um, you know, mm-hmm. things like that mm-hmm. that are happening. We see them happening a mile away. So we, we saw this coming. So then this happens, right. right, with the with the Asian women who were who were killed, you know. this happens and we're like wow and you see the news like it's a tragic thing that we just didn't see coming and all the no no, you saw it coming we just weren't doing anything about it you know exactly
1: yeah and you know if if you don't want to call it a race hate crime but it was a hate crime it was a hate Mm -hmm. crime it was a hate crime against women it was a hate crime crime against whether it's a woman of Asian descent or black or Indian, it doesn't matter. It was a hate crime against women. And I think one of the things of all this stuff that's happening with prejudice of hate crimes and et cetera, is I think as women, we are challenged with not only of our skin color, okay, but also our gender. So we have a double whammy that we're really, I don't want to say up against, but that's what we're challenged with. Um, and I think, yeah, I understand men, and they 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 have their issues. But I think as women, it's it's almost like a I was thinking about it. And it's like a double whammy where we have mm-hmm. to we have to be. It's not just about skin color um, or ethnicity, but it's also about our gender that's yeah. being hated on, that's being prejudiced yeah. on, because there's a lots of biases about our gender as well.
0: 100 mm-hmm. because yeah. yeah privilege is blinding and if you look at like the hierarchy of privilege like who has the most and things like that obviously right. it's hard for people to see or at least open their eyes to or they got to learn to to see these things right. um so okay. I, I try to have grace for people but there comes a certain time where it's like hey you gotta eat your, educate yourself educate your children um right. or our, what are our school systems doing to educate children you know Kids are not too young for conversations. Kids need to hear conversations and they need to know Mm -hmm. about the stuff because Uh uh, these things like you were saying in grade three you know, right. like that you're already starting to have these thoughts of like, oh man, am I good enough? Like, or I want to be mm-hmm. like this right. because clearly they're favored more than me and I'm not getting what they're getting, you know? So right. I'd, I'd like that too. <laughs> and I'd like the same yeah. opportunities and the same respect, the same, um, you know, acknowledgement and things like that. Mm-hmm. And you make me think of this one thing that I read in my textbook actually today. True. And I almost closed my textbook and burned it. I was so upset. But <laughs> oh, <no>. um, <laughs> it said in it, um, it was reading, I was reading basically on, historical examples of multicultural insensitivity pretty much and were okay. talking about slavery and all those other things but then it also brought in the topic of women and it said um basically huh, a low level of intelligence is very very common among amongst um, spanish indians and mexican families of the southwest and also among black people their dullness seems mm-hmm. to be racial um children of this group should be segregated into special classes and be given instruction which is concrete and practical they cannot master abstractions, but they can often be made efficient workers, able to look out for themselves. There is no probability at the present in convincing society that they should not be allowed to reproduce. Although, from what? a genetic oh. point of view, they Whoa. constitute a grave problem because of their usual, unusual pr- prolific breeding. Um, they should show less oh. sense and then there's another part about women. So it's talking about Freud uh claiming that women had underdeveloped super egos. So it's talking about um they show oh, less sense of justice than men, they are less ready to k- submit to the great necessities of life, that they are more often influenced by their judgments of feelings, of affection, or hostility. All these should be amply wow. accounted for by the modification in the formation of their super ego. So what kind of foolishness. Things- tell you well, so, I never liked Freud
1: uh, to begin with I think he had right? issues he, really he had did. mother issues and I think he was he was just transferring those issues onto yes. um onto people and especially to women
0: but those are just some of the things that were said um in my textbook today and I was thinking about it was it, after... telling you that it was
2: correct or just showing you sharing a historical perspective sharing historical perspective like, okay I was gonna it say it. I was like girl all... <laughs> you better email the dean <laughs> email your prop you better email the president
0: <laughs> no, no. <laughs> it's just to speak to what you were talking about grace how it's like you know there's race and then there's also the gender aspect as well the mm-hmm. whole intersectionality mm-hmm. thing that Kimberly Crenshaw talks about and um, that's something that mm-hmm. as women we have to face and it it's un- very like, extremely unfortunate mm-hmm. um, but also at the same time I guess we can kind of talk about this now too it's like, okay when this is happening all of this stuff is going on yeah um, something that kind of comes to mind for me is the fact that there's no civil movement no civil rights movement no kind of movement for the Asian community like the AAPI yes. community right so we have things uh-huh. going on with the okay so it's like the whole uh, stop hate uh hate crimes against the AAPI uh-huh. community right now in the states but that's that's like Asian American you know what i'm saying so like there's still right. things happening in Canada yeah, that's just something that saddens my heart. Is that there's no, yeah, actually, like do something like and right. not
2: just like go to these stores and like buy something from,
0: <laughs> right? Something.
2: Yeah, like, yeah. Okay, and that's really interesting that racism. you brought.
1: Yeah, and that's really interesting that you brought that up because I was thinking the same thing. How we're not, like, there's no, um... yeah, there's no the voice here in Canada for mm. the Asian community, and i i and I'm still trying to process why we're not there yet. It could it be because, um, you know, we we don't care. Or could it be that we don't feel like we still have a voice, you know? Mm. And that's why I really feel that as as much as the BLL movement came out of a real tragedy, there's always, whenever a tragedy happens or a watershed moment happens, which is what I felt happened last year, um, it brings a change and it ushers and opens up a um, opportunities for other people to come on board and however Mm -hmm. that's supposed to look Mm -hmm. like. So I, that's, so that's why I was saying that, that because of the BLM and how it opened up a platform or a space for people to one is awareness Mm -hmm. and be able to speak that now media people, we cannot avoid these conversations that we have to have. And so maybe, so what I might take is from this, I really believe that something will move and that there is going to be a coalition there's going to be a group of people and it's going to be grassroots because it always starts as grassroots right that's how Mm. jesus started he started off with 12 and look and and look look what's happened here in 2021
0: so Mm -hmm. that that that's that's how it is really good i guess like even a follow-up question to what you're saying like what would be Mm -hmm some ways that do you think like advice i guess for people because i mean like emily we've talked about this with some other people as well like how do mm-hmm. we support then those communities you know right. and how mm-hmm. how do we support our friends and our family members mm-hmm. and um things and like start, that, start those these...
2: conversations exactly yeah how so. do we start those conversations yeah mm-hmm.
1: um i think the best i think the best way to bring change is not so much to focus on what's happened and not so much to focus on the tragedy I think we need to I think we need to grieve
2: mm-hmm. but
1: there's a difference between people who complain and don't do anything and we know that right in Psalm 91 those are the people that, that are the, that sit in the seat of mockers those are the ones that are in the back Ooh. and they just chatter and they yeah. just want to tear people down and we're always going to have that but mm-hmm. we're we make a choice of not being in that in that group we make a choice of yeah getting in and digging deep and getting our hands dirty. So right. me, how do we bring change? Well, we brought education. Talk to our friends, bring up the awareness and be uncomfortable with the uncomfortable discussions and don't mm-hmm. overcompensate or enable others and let things slide. I think I think we tend to do that. We don't wanna offend. We don't want to hold mm-hmm. people accountable.
0: Yeah. right yeah. yeah and so
1: this is a season of justice where all of these things are being exposed mm-hmm.
0: and i feel like
1: it started jesus didn't care about his reputation right right if he cared about his reputation he wouldn't have come as a humble human being right, right. Mm,
0: that's true
1: So for him, it was always about the people and not the institution. And when you read on the Gospels, he was speaking to the religious systems, was he not? Right, he was. That's what he was (laughs) speaking. Very
2: much so. Not speaking
1: speaking to the religious system. He was saying, you guys, you guys are stuck in a bubble and you need to break out of it. You need Mm -hmm. to embrace the unique people, which are the widows, the orphans, and the, the disenfranchised people. So he was, so Jesus was speaking on that same kind of movement. I think that we are experiencing now. And when I look at how he approached it, so if I were to say, okay, someone could come to me and say, Hey Grace, so how do we, how do we fix this? It's not about fixing. Cause I don't believe in fixing. Cause you can't fix it. It's about, it's about really being comfortable with the unknown and starting with, this is where we are and let's see where God moves it. Okay, and let's be open to how we use that. Does that make sense? It's very, very abstract, but it's really not trying to take control over it and even drive it. Um, And that's what that's where love and compassion and mercy, grace. It's it's not you don't those things are not drivers. That's Uh being coming out of us and accepting the uniqueness of others. So with that police officer. I've had to forgive him because I was really offended by him. But I had to forgive him because one, I had to forgive him because he offended me because he was white and he was Mm -hmm. male and he was, you know, he said some really ignorant things. But I felt like God was saying, "Grace, I love this man, and you need to love on. You need to love him too. Meaning, you need to accept him for where he's at. And how are how are we going to educate those types of individuals? I shouldn't say that. How do we educate people that are stuck in a box? Mm.
2: Right."
1: So uh, yeah, and a lot of it is not being afraid to 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 have those really uncomfortable conversations. And also, as an Asian woman, I'm a value, and I have I and my how I feel and what I have my opinions. They're a value, and I'm not going to hide it anymore. So it's about your voice
0: yes amen so many things have come up i don't know what you're thinking Emma, where your head's at with yeah. all of this but it's it's yeah. making yeah. me think a lot about really taking uh
2: like a conscious beat to think about <laughs> forgiving the other person and mm-hmm. and um especially when you're not going to get an apology you may not even mm-hmm. get the justice you seek so how do you yourself like i guess come to terms with your reality and find a way to move on for your own spiritual mental and emotional sake Mm -hmm.
0: yeah
1: that's a very very good good question
0: that's really good. so
2: that's where i'm at (laughs) but i i really like that you that you raised that and i Mm -hmm. think that's really courageous to even like make that decision to to mm-hmm. I guess embark mm. on that journey of forgiveness to like, mm-hmm. you know what? Yeah, God loves this person too. And like that's like a huge statement in its own, yes. like yeah. to admit to yourself, like, yeah, God loves that person too. Like yes. oh, you just feel like anger and that's what you're so not here, right? yeah. God. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Like, no God. <laughs> exactly. Ready?
0: Oh. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to turn a kid in that moment. uh uh. Yeah.
2: Right, exactly. <laughs> and you know what? I literally just thought about Jonah and how he was so bitter at Nineveh even yeah. after that like, God still loved Nineveh. Sent him there to go share their message. They obeyed his message and didn't smite them all. And Jonah's like, "God, hmm, how come? <laughs> You didn't smite the wall. Like, I would rather die than see these people live. I really just thought, like, sometimes our unforgiveness and resentment can kind of be like Jonah in that way.
0: Yeah, even when people, like, after people repent, for example, or after some people turn back and they're like, listen, I did this wrong and this was horrible. Yeah. Or a people say, like, some white people come to you and they're like, hey, I, like, I <laughs> did this back in the day and I'm just like, whatever. You know, you still want to come to them and be like, you're right. the reason for this, you know, and blame them for all <laughs> yeah. that. But even mm-hmm. though, and it's like, how do I forgive you working through that? It's a process, though. That's a big Like, just snap. like, 100%. Yeah. Especially it's if it's a fresh learn. wound yeah like this yikes
2: yeah
1: it is it's hard you know for us to be in unity with one another right whether Mm -hmm. does you know brothers and sisters of all different backgrounds and so on is is really we have to embrace them that's how jesus is jesus is with us he always creates safe place for us to be who we are And that's the and we model that in how we talk to those that don't understand or they're still trying to figure out this racism, um, prejudice and biases. Like we have to give those individuals or people and they have those questions to really provide a safe platform for them so that Mm -hmm. they, they too can come to an understanding that if we so if we keep shutting them down or interrupting them or saying, no, I don't agree with that, that we're not really working together. And it's an ongoing dialogue that we have to have. It's not going to stop. There'll always be something that we're going to have to work through if it comes to hate, because we're in a world where there's a lot of hate. And I think racism, prejudice, all of that is stemmed from hate
0: and fear. Mm
1: -hmm. Right? Mm
0: -hmm. I think it's Mm -hmm. so easy to be on the defense when you've been like, targeted or something like that or your people who you identify with or relate to have been targeted as well so it's kind of hard to humanize people who might look like the oppressor kind of a thing you know um so Mm -hmm. i I think that's why what people have a lot of trouble with i might even see i've even seen it like kind of trickling into the church as well in the in the sense of Mm -hmm. like i don't want to go to like a white church or whatever or like there's white churches and black churches and this kind of church and then we're all separated and that's really messed up like Mm -hmm. it's so messed up like i remember lecrae said in one of his his rap songs
2: (laughs) he said most segregated. he said the most segregated time of day is sunday service oh
1: oh my gosh (laughs) yeah he went
2: there wow but that's so true right
0: it is it really is oh my goodness and then he
2: said what do you think that says about the god you worship oh he went there wow. <laughs> he went there yo the wow. crazy g shout out to a, for real? <laughs> <What a laughs> gotta get him on the podcast <laughs> yeah you, do. you gotta
1: you gotta bring the song up but that's yeah that's so true make, make, makes you really think right yeah
0: mm-hmm.
1: so i wonder why why is it that why is it that, you know, these churches have become segregated? Why why do we tend to just want to stay with our own kind? Ooh, I think it comes, I from,
0: I think it comes from that whole blame and shame thing that you were talking about. That's like immediately what mm-hmm. came to mind when mm-hmm. you said that. And mm-hmm. the fear and the hurt. And because you said, you mentioned earlier, like, you know, we can't mm-hmm. fix these things. And even when mm-hmm. you said that thought, I was like, okay, well yeah you're right like we can't fix it because it's so deeply rooted and it goes Mm. back so long so to work Mm -hmm. and it's it's just Mm -hmm. like it's a bunch of open wounds but then there's also like partially open wounds and it's like these it's just so intricate and complex that it's like to try to fix that with like one generation for example is so difficult but I think we're moving in that direction at least of having conversation which never really happened back in the day so I mean I'll take that it's a step in the right direction at least yeah yeah
1: so yeah 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 and you know you know you you mentioned the word fix it's not a responsibility to fix
0: right Um, nor is it
1: a responsibility to save right they came and that you know with indigenous people here in canada you know or they would send out missionaries to different um nations across the world and they were all you know they, they need to be saved because they're so primitive but it's not a responsibility to save that's Jesus's mm-hmm. responsibility. We're just called to just be the bridge, We're not going to be dragging them to save them or tearing down infrastructures or systems to fix it. We can't do yeah. that. We're wasting yeah, our yeah. time.
0: It, and then that's when people get tired yeah. and the whole burnout thing, they get exhausted and there's just more anger. Yeah, yeah, And you hurt people along the way too from pulling and prying on yeah. people. Yeah, that's right. yep. so, absolutely.
2: I don't know. Absolutely.
1: But let me just read this psalm to you. Because, yeah. you, know, the, the, you know, we know that the Bible is a book of promises. And so when I get really frustrated or when I feel, God, this, this issue is so huge right now. You know, he led me to this psalm um, a number of years ago. And it's from Psalm 37. And if you don't mind, um, Emily and Kim, if I can read from verses 1 to 7, is that okay?
2: Absolutely. Yeah, for sure.
1: Okay. So it says, do not fret. This is NIV. So do not fret because of evil men or be envious of those who do wrong. For like the grass, they will soon wither, and like green plants, they will soon die away. But trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and enjoy safe pasture. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord and trust in him, and he will do this. He will make your righteousness shine like the dawn, and the justice of your cause like the noonday sun. So be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Do not fret when men succeed in their evil ways in their ways and when they carry out their wicked schemes. So really God is asking us to not fret and not worry. And he's asking us to trust in him and do good. What's your sphere of influence for this season in your life? Stay there and have a relationship with God, sit with him, delight in him. And then from there, he's going to give you the desires of your heart for this season. Right. And, as we commit our way to him then and we trust in him then the righteousness will come and you know why you know i always ask myself, why is it that you're saying that the justice of your cause will will be like the noonday sun well the noon was the hottest day in the in 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 the middle east right mm-hmm. so yeah. things so justice when it's hot it will burn it will Ooh, remove uh, that's I how i that. took it now I don't understand. Pastors out there listening, forgive me, but this is how I took it. Um, and yeah, so he's just saying, "Be still, delight in me. Stay in your lane. Stay there, and trust in Him." That's so good. good. I love so that good. passage.
0: Oof. Me anyway. too. I know. I got chills. I'm really glad though that you joined us here. Honestly, we really yes, appreciate it. Thank you it. so much.
1: Oh well, thanks for inviting me.
0: segmented is to foster a platform where people of all backgrounds can inspire each other, share wisdom and their experiences. We're going to be talking about the good, the bad, and the ugly, and our hopes are to convey our stories in a healthy way with the intention of reaching other people. Here we believe that uncomfortability equals growth, so this is a space to grow together and learn from each other through some really meaningful conversations.
2: And just as a disclaimer, we only see the world through our own unique lens. And ciao! These shades are pigmented.